It's hour two of First Stop here on TSN 1050. Karolnik Koliakovo here on First Stop. And man, it is not a nice day outside. Not a nice day. A terrible evening. And if you're driving around this morning in southern Ontario, be very careful because it is icy and unpleasant. Unlike this radio program, very pleasant. Very pleasant this morning. We're feeling good on this Thursday, and we've got some great guests coming up. Mike Johnson will join us. James Duffy, Braden Shen from the St. Louis Blues. Imagine it's been a little bit of a whirlwind for him and his team yeah. over the last week or so with O'Reilly and Achari being traded from St. Louis to Toronto. And I was watching an interview with Braden Shen last night, Coco, and he was not overly thrilled that O'Reilly and Achari, by extension, were moved. Sounds honest, like you do. Shen and O'Reilly were very, very close. I got a lot of messages after um, Toronto's win against Buffalo from people in St. Louis, and... Just the utter disgust <laughs> coming from people in St. Louis about watching Ryan O'Reilly score a hatchet for the Toronto Maple Leafs because most of the responses were, I can't believe we traded this guy. Yeah. Like, like uh, people were saying, like, they they all hope he comes back in the offseason to St. Louis because they they really love him that much as a leader and as a player in that organization. And if they see him go on and have success somewhere else, it'll be a painful them painful painful thing for them to absorb because you think about what the the, the blues organization has had to endure over the last decade, moving on from three different captains. You know, David Backus, I was there with David Backus on July first. We were at Alex Petrangelo's wedding. When he woke up that next morning and told all of us he was signing with the Boston Bruins. And it was devastating for Petrangelo and, and Bacchus themselves because Bacchus was the captain of that team. You know, losing a leader like that, losing a guy, you know, like that in the dressing room was, was crushing. And then the transition was to make Alex Petrangelo captain. He helps lead them to a Stanley Cup with guys like Shen, with guys like O'Reilly. And then now, again, Doug Armstrong trades his captain. So it's like, it's crushing for Blues fans. But it's, yeah, and it's also it is what it is. for Tor- Toronto, all the delirium in the last couple of days with O'Reilly, the hat trick, and playing with John Tavares and Mitch Martin. And then on the other side, it's St. Louis, where, yeah, you're right. I mean, all the success, like, this guy helped, this guy won a Con Smythe trophy. In 2019, with this team, with this franchise, four years and, removed from winning a Stanley Cup, and, yeah, and the core of that team has been gutted. Petrangelo, it's it's, it's like Tarasenko, O'Reilly. Yeah, oh yeah, a long list. I mean, I think there's only five guys for the Blues. David who are Perron, on current roster, who played in Game Seven against Boston in 2019. Just yeah. five left. I mean, not a long list. But I think back even here in Toronto when Kawhi Leonard is playing for the Clippers, you're like, yep, very good. Comparison. I can't watch this. Or Matt Sundin, I guess to bring it to hockey, was playing for Vancouver. Only played what half the season, right? Signed like yeah. kind of halfway through the year. Wasn't very good, but. You you're still watching that as, as a Leaf supporter and, and as, as a Raptors supporter with Kawhi and for, for Sundin. You're like, oh, I can't watch this. But, man, that's how it goes, man. This is a business, right? Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly brought back significant assets for St. Louis. And there always is this idea, this kind of romantic, oh, Ryan O'Reilly might come back to St. Louis. Maybe Patrick Kane gets traded by Chicago, comes back and re-signs. 
Like, how often does that really happen? It, it always seems to be discussed as a possibility and never actually comes to fruition, at least mm-hmm. off the top of my head. I can't think of many instances in which it has. I'm sure it has happened. Gee, but see if you not, can find that not out. Not nearly can, as, yeah, as much as it does. See if you can find out which player got traded at the deadline and then went back to sign with the team that he got traded from in the offseason. It would be an interesting stat to, to sort of pay attention to because, like, I, I think I said this before, that Ryan O'Reilly really wanted to stay in St. Louis. This and this has nothing to do with him wanting to come to Toronto when it was known that the Blues were going to be sellers and he was going to be a piece that moved on. He wanted to stay in St. Louis, but when he knew he, that that the St. Louis was more committed to, to trading him than keeping him right now, Toronto was his top choice, and I think everybody will be really, really happy about that. No kidding. The Leafs back in action tomorrow night against the Minnesota Wild. And on the subject of guys who were huge parts of their organizations, Patrick Kane, needless to say, a huge part of the Chicago Blackhawks organization. And last night he put on another show. He and the Blackhawks beat the Dallas Stars big upsets. Uh, big upset in that one. Kane, two goals and an assist. Max Domi, also two goals and an assist. And during the broadcast on TNT, Patrick Kane was asked by the panel, any updates on your future? Any idea where you want to go, Patrick? And here's how that sounded. Interesting and difficult time for you as you make a decision. The whole hockey world is kind of waiting and wondering. Have you made a decision about possibly moving on? And can you break some news for us right here on television? <laughs> Sorry, I got nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. He's like, yes, Toronto. That's the only place I'll go. And then it just explodes. But yeah. no, I don't, I don't. I mean, he must know what he wants to do. The deadline's eight days away. You think he's talked to his agent, his family, the GM of Chicago, and like, hey, all right, here's where I'm leaning at least. Like, why Why is – like, he, he just didn't want to tip his hand as to what he's – thinking I, I think i actually have no idea what's going to happen with kane and maybe he is traded to vegas i mean there was that report yesterday that the rangers haven't abandoned hope on him but i mean that seems like very far-fetched considering the salary cap kind of issues that they might have bringing him in also already having brought in tarasenko and the leafs i mean they're not making a move on patrick kane either so I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, it's it's definitely the most intriguing situation because, I mean, even a week ago, we're like, Kane, yeah, like, whatever. What is he really at this point? But the guy's mm-hmm. got seven goals in his last four games. He's as hot as any player in the NHL. He's all of a sudden become a real difference maker, potentially, for a team when, you know, 10 days ago, that was not the case. No, it was definitely not the case. And it's it's funny how quiet things have gone, have 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 sort of been around Patrick Kane and his injury that people think he's dealing with. Cause you don't play this type of hockey and have this type <laughs> no. of production He's good. and, and play with this type of fire. If something is really bothering you as much as people proclaim that it is. And look, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I truly do believe there is something there that probably needs more attention, but clearly he's not making it known with his play that it's bothersome. Um, and he's letting everybody know with his play that he still has a lot left in him, and credit to him for doing it, because I can imagine how emotional these last two weeks have been for him, um, you know, considering, you know, the, the speculation of, of two of the teams that he would have 
potentially liked to go to if the opportunity was there and I think this right now what he's doing is a lot of soul searching but he's not he's not letting it take away from the fun that he's having still playing hockey you can see guys like like Max Domi are really benefiting from that because he's allowing his stock to rise too if he's a he's if he if he becomes a potential trade candidate for anybody so Credit to Patrick Kane, and ultimately, at the end of the day, AK, I'm not surprised with what he said last night. I truly don't believe, sorry, I truly do believe he doesn't know what he wants to do yet because if he did know what he wanted to do, considering everything that's happened and the trades that he has had to witness with two of the teams that were potential landing spots for him, he has to, you know, sort of, make up his mind soon or or you know he has to sort of understand that if he does want to play it's probably going to have to be somewhere else you know, I, I, know I don't know if he i don't know if he's come to that conclusion yet it's really interesting because chicago must want him out of there they have to he's playing too well like he's jeopardizing games. <laughs> he's jeopardizing the connor bedard stuff that they've worked so hard to accomplish it's like hey to it kirby doc you guys take a hike we'll trade you for draft picks we're gonna be terrible this year patrick kane was playing the part for most of the season and now he is pistol hot for the blackhawks he and domi are just dominating the nhl and they're they, they pretty, they're beating dallas on the road you can't yeah. be winning those games arizona has no interest in winning games so many instances of teams that have just completely packed it in for the rest of the year i mean columbus and chicago and arizona i mean there's a number of teams that are have like no interest in winning games anaheim oh they're so bad yeah. and chicago's got the two two of the hottest players in the league on their team so Chicago right now has won four in a row, and they have increased their lead on Columbus and Anaheim for the last spot by four points. Right now, Columbus and Anaheim are 41 points each, and Chicago is 45 points, and San Jose is 47. <laughs> and and looky-looky, the Vancouver Canucks are 49, so they're not that far behind either. So, Ooh. you know, again... A team that is quietly creeping into um, into these sweepstakes are the Vancouver Canucks, and that'll be an interesting team to follow because, you know, if Vancouver gets into the lottery, I would imagine if you're Connor Bedard, you're secretly fist-pumping and crossing your fingers hoping that it is Vancouver because it would be, you know, closer to home for him. It would be a hometown selection Homecoming. for the Canucks. Yeah, I mean, much better than going to Columbus. That's for I mean, Anaheim would be my preference if I was Connor Bedard. But also, Anaheim would be my preference if I was any NHL player because it's nice weather there. Unlike here in Toronto, our man Cheese has dug up some examples of players traded at the deadline and then re-signed with a team they were traded by in the subsequent offseason. Keith Kachuk in 2008 with the Blues was traded to the Thrashers midseason and re-signed with St. Louis. I guess you were probably there maybe that was the year before you were traded to st louis that was uh, the year before and then when he came back that was the year i actually got traded to the st louis blues Mm -hmm. roman polak as well traded to the sharks by the leafs then re-signed with the leafs so i mean again it's not exactly the longest list uh texter from oshawa saying doug Waite was uh, an example of that as well so uh, a Roldis chapman oh that's right chapman that did happen in major league baseball but i think the ultimate like ultimately that the the thinking remains. It's just really rare. There's so much talk around it. Oh, 100%. That it always ha- it's all, oh, yeah, this could happen. Oh, you could resign in the offseason, but it just never seems to materialize. We've got 
Mike Johnson in about 30 minutes, our hockey analyst. And we've got Would You Rather on the other side with Cheese. And, man, I'm looking at the questions he has came up with. Woo, this is uh, some challenging, challenging decisions we are faced with, Coco. We'll make them next. The evening will culminate with a game. A contest. Each player will be given a choice between A or B. Decision-making in its rawest form. Would you rather you must make the decision? A very happy birthday to our friend and colleague, Jeff. The O-Dog O'Neill, big B-Day celebrations on Overdrive from 4 to 7. Looking forward to that. And looking forward to our man Cheese. Chrissy, give me a little cheese action um, to present our topics of conversation. There it is. (laughs) On Would You Rather. Cheese, good morning. What are we thinking today? We are starting with your Toronto Blue Jays. Which of these Blue Jays futures would you rather bet on? Vladdy to win AL MVP at plus 1,500, or Alec Manoa to win AL Cy Young at plus 1,000? I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to say the big Puma, Alec Manoa, Cy Young plus 1,000, because as long as Shohei Otani is playing in the American League, no one's winning the AL MVP as long as he's there. So regardless of... Judge just won last year. (laughs) Well... True, he did, but I mean, do you, do you see anybody better right now than Shohei Otani, or no? Uh, no, I don't. But I mean, Judge, if he hits sixty dingers again, he could right. definitely be in the mix. Yeah, it, it's a tough one here, and I'm looking at some of the players ahead of Vladdy Jr. You have Otani, you have Judge, you have Trout. You can't forget about Mike Trout, who does get hurt every year, but if he's healthy, if he plays 150 games, he's right there with Otani and Judge for sure. Julio Rodriguez with Seattle Mariners, Alvarez and Ramirez with Houston and Cleveland. There's a lot of good players in the AL. I think I would have to go with with uh, Manoa as well, as far as just the likelihood. Excuse me, I got to sneeze here. Yeah, just oh, I'll, I'll continue what you're saying. Just the likelihood of you know who's the dominant yeah. pitcher out there in the a, in the AL. Like Jacob Degrom, Jacob Degrom with Houston, there's like Texas, or with uh, with Texas, Texas. Like there's there's no way he stays healthy. Garrett yeah. Cole, I mean he's fine. Dylan Cease with the White Sox could be a a real contender. Did but, Verlander, yeah, Verlander won it last year, right? This uh, Verlander won it last year. Yeah, he's with yep. the Mets now this year. So I think Alec Manoa is a strong strong case to yeah. win AL Cy Young. I think he's got a really good shot. I mean, his numbers last year were incredible. And you got to keep in mind with Manoa, he's still so young. Like, he yeah. doesn't have a ton of experience in, in Major League Baseball. You imagine he could take another step. I will say, Shane McClanahan at plus 1,500 has my eye as well. I love that kid. He's so good. And I might be placing a wager during the commercial break on my guy Shane McClanahan, the lefty. Cheese, what else we got? O-Dog is not the only person with a birthday today, but happy birthday to him nonetheless. Happy birthday to a pair of Canadian NBA stars in Jamal Murray and Andrew Wiggins. What are the odds that those two were born on the same day? In honor of their cake day, would you rather the Raptors trade for Murray or Wiggins? Oh, easily Jamal Murray, I think. It, it, It basically fills the void of their you know, point guard position that you need scoring from. And, you know, I, I, aside from Fred Van Vliet, who we've all 
you know, grown to love as a member of the Toronto Raptors, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say Jamal Murray is a massive upgrade over over Fred Van Vliet offensively. Because I don't think any of those player any of those players can bring what Fred Van Vliet brings to your team defensively. But I'm going with Jamal Murray on this one. Yeah, it's a tough one because we think back to Wiggins in that playoff run. He's right. the second best player on an NBA title team behind Steph Curry with the Warriors last year. So I'm kind of slightly biased by recency, but I think Jamal Murray's the younger player. I think him being fully recovered from his injury a year from now, I think he'll be better. And I really like what uh, what he and the Denver Nuggets have cooking uh, down there uh, up in the Rockies. And that being said, I don't think Denver nor um, nor, nor the Golden State Warriors are looking to trade Murray or Wiggins to Toronto. <laughs> but in a hypothetical world, cheese, I love the idea. Speaking of baseball, we're on this topic. Did you guys see that video that I retweeted yesterday of that freshman switch pitcher? Gerangelo yeah, yeah. Sagente, I think I said his name right. This guy can pitch from both sides of the mound. And he's got a 96-mile-an-hour fastball from the right side and a 92-mile-an-hour fastball from the left side. Like, think about the weapon this guy's going to be if he gets to the major leagues. There was a was there a guy in the Jays that did that Pat too Vendetti. recently? Pat, Pat Venditti, yeah, Pat, Pat Venditti, yes, yeah, from the I bullpen. Mean, yeah, I mean, if you're good, if he's good from both sides, then yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you do this provide guy's a striking different out guys nonstop, man. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah Mississippi I'm, I'm, State he plays for Mississippi State. Yeah, he does look like a good pitcher too. He's got the the hair and the hat and a very nice look. Yeah, it could be something to so keep my, track of. My question is like. Do they make a custom glove for him so that when he's on the mound, he can just switch it over? And like, Do you have to identify yourself when you come to the mound as a righty or a lefty, or are you allowed to switch mid-pitch? This is a good question. I think, you have, I, to de- have to. I, I think you have to designate at the start of the at-bat what you're going to do. I believe that's okay. the official rule there. My question is, is this guy like bulletproof when it comes to injuries? A guy injures one of his arms, he can just use the other one in the game, right? right? That's what I mean. Well, it's like it's like Otani, right? It's like, oh, my, I blew out my arm. No worries. I'll still hit 40 bombs. Yeah. Uh, I, I can contribute in different ways. So, yeah, shout out to Gerangelo. Gerangelo, what a handle, too. Yeah. Love that. Love Great that. Tackle. All right, cheese. As we begin the unofficial second half of the NBA season, the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Suns are the three betting favorites to win the NBA title. Which of these other teams would you rather bet on? The Nuggets at 750, Clippers at plus 1100, or the 76ers at plus 1300? See, I'm going to go with Denver. I think Denver's the best team in the NBA still. And they're going to have the number one seed in the West. And playing in Denver, huge advantage. I think they've only lost twice at home all year. So you're talking about a huge home court advantage. I still think they have the best team with Jokic, with Murray, with all the other guys that they've stockpiled on their roster. So sure, the Bucs and the Celtics and the Suns, there's that novelty of Durant. But, you know, we have we have seen nu- numerous occasions in which a team brings in a player, even one as good as Durant, and just doesn't necessarily gel. There's not that much time yeah, just for ask them Brooklyn. to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's not that much time for them to figure it out. So I love Durant, but, I mean, Denver's a team that's played together, worked together for a long time, Porter and Gordon, too. I like the Nuggets, the continuity there, the chemistry there, uh, but I also kind of like the Clippers, too. i I got to admit, even with 
Russell Westbrook. Well, I was just going to say and George that. Are the, Kawhi and Paul George are playing really well. I was just going to say that. If you asked me three days ago about this question, I would have been all in on the Clippers at plus 1,100. But they just added Russell Westbrook. I can't see Russell Westbrook playing on a team that wins an NBA championship. I just can't see it happening. And I definitely don't like the Sixers because the East is too good with teams like Boston and Milwaukee ahead of them. I, I would even throw Cleveland in there as a dark horse. Toronto, Jacoperto, man, come on. Okay, He's the sure. new age Will Chamberlain. <laughs> so the Raptors might actually upset the 76ers if they mm, play them in the first so. round. That would be um, intriguing. But I look, I, I think I got to go with you with the Nuggets. Uh, you know, great value at plus 750. Uh, you know, as what people probably would label the second best team in the in the West right now, but they have the first best player in the league in Nikolai Jokic. So, I I mean, if you got that guy on your team right now, who I, I, did I did I hear the other day? He's got thirty triple doubles on the season. Man, he's averaging almost a triple double. He's shooting sixty three percent from the that's, field. Sixty three percent. That's, 63%. that's yeah, insanity. He's... Having an incredible so, year. Give me the incredible. Nuggets at plus 750. Yeah. All right. We're Nuggets fans here. Nuggets are our Western Conference team. The Raptors, they start their second half tonight against New Orleans, a team that was in the mix in the West, but they have just fallen off a cliff with Zion Williamson's injury, the hamstring, which has kept them out for months now. I mean, that has just got to be the most frustrating thing if you're a Pelicans fan because when Zion's healthy, I mean, this team's They're really, legit. really good, yeah. but just can't stay healthy. I mean, his I body's tell you what, just man, not meant to, to do if this. If I'm the New Orleans Pelicans, and I've seen the charades that have gone on with this guy year after year, I'm hiring somebody as a, as a nutritionist, as a fitness trainer, to literally attach himself to the hip of Zion Williamson and say, this is what you're doing every day so you don't get injured anymore. This is what you're going to eat. This is how you're going to train. This is when you're going to sleep. These are the video games you're not going to play. Like, literally, that's that's the extent I'm going with this guy right now to keep him healthy because it's that outrageous. That must be something they've done, no? I mean, they have they have all those guys at their disposal I mean, to help them out. It's just a hamstring. Outrageous. You pull your hamstring, that's it. Like, what are we going to do? It's, uh, it's crazy, crazy, though. It's, it's really sad, ultimately, because Zion Williams is one of the best players in the NBA. He's a great talent. When he's healthy, but he just can't stay healthy. It's, 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 it's really sad. And hopefully, well, he's not going to play tonight. But uh, Raps, I, I, think the, I like the Raps. And we'll get to that in bed and breakfast a little bit later. Cheese, I think we got time for one more. If you are the Leafs and you can trade for one player from the Blackhawks roster, would you rather trade for Max Domi, Jake McCabe, or Sam Lafferty. So Lafferty, correct me if I'm wrong, without me looking, he is a one year left. As, but he's a centerman as well, or is he a winger? I believe he's a winger. Okay. Um, I think if you're Toronto, I think the name has to be Max Domi. Does it not? I mean, just because you know, I know he plays center, but just the name Domi back in Toronto would just. Set off fireworks in this city. printing and, money, and, and yeah, you're you're printing like money with jerseys. Well, you're you're doing that, but I mean, he's the perfect guy that can slot into your bottom six, and and play with heart, play with passion. You know, we talked about the the, the famous video that was the highlight video of the Maple Leafs. The passion returns for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs back in the glory days of the '90s. I mean. 
could this be the passion return of of the name Domi? I, I, to me, I, just just out of fame alone, mm-hmm. I would take Max Domi. Nostalgia, nostalgia. I mean, yes. I, I like Max Domi too, but he doesn't really fit on this team anymore after they brought in O'Reilly and Achari. The, the answer is Jake McCabe, and the, I guess they need a defenseman. I still think they at least need to build d- depth on D. That being said, is Jake McCabe the right fit for that role? Probably not. I mean, I, I don't think he's the type so, of player they need. But I think right. of, of those options, Domi, McCabe, and Lafferty, they don't need any more help up front. I mean, they're good there. They need to find a defenseman, and that should be the priority ahead of the deadline. So the only the only reason why I don't see Jake McCabe as a fit for the Toronto Maple Leafs, because if you look at the moves they've made this year, the significant moves they've made this year, you bring in Matt Murray, you bring in Ryan O'Reilly, you bring in Noel Achari. What, are the, what is the one thing that all three of those guys combined have on their resume? Stanley Cup success. Playoff games. Oh, and playoff games, yes. Jake McCabe doesn't have any playoff games. Like if you're trying to if you're trying to get over the hump playing in the playoffs, you want a guy that's had the experience of playing in the playoffs and has had success in playing in the playoffs. I mean, okay, Achari doesn't have a Stanley Cup, but in two thousand nineteen he beat the Maple Leafs en route to getting to the Stanley Cup and losing in game seven. So I mean, again, you're looking for guys with that sort of, you know, uh, with those pedigree. tangibles. The, yeah, those pedigree. I don't like to say pedigree because, you know, he doesn't. Guys, well, what, is pedig- what, yeah, what does pedigree really mean? It's <laughs> it's more of the intangibles that it takes to play at that time of year. And to me, look, I play with Jake McCabe. I think he's a really, really good player. Guy's never played a playoff game in his career, though. So is that a guy you want to bring into the mold? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. But, you know, he's probably going to get traded, though, at the same time. So someone will be taking a chance on him ahead of the trade deadline. Eight days away, the host of TSN's Trade Center, James Duthie, will join us in about 40 minutes. Looking forward to catching up with J.D., another Canadian Screen Award nomination for Mr. Duthie as well. Congratulations to him and all the nominees. And another, I'm sure Mike Johnson must have been nominated for a Canadian Screen Award at some point in time. He'll join us in 15 minutes' time. Uh, TSN hockey analyst for Leafs Breakfast. More with MJ, Duffy, and Braden Shen at 9.30. Don't forget about that. You're listening to First Stop, TSN 1050. We are giving away a pair of Raptors tickets. Listen to each hour of the First Up podcast for a clue to the identity of a former or current Raptors player. And once you have all the clues and you know the identity of the player, you'll have until the end of the day to enter at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win the tickets. Here is your clue. Clue number two, the Reveal That Raptor contest. This Raptor played his college ball the University of Utah. We've got Mike Johnson joining us in less than 10 minutes, our TSN hockey analyst. The Leafs back in action tomorrow night in against uh, the Minnesota Wild. You know what's happening tonight, Coco? XFL action, baby. Oh, That's right. Thursday the night XFL? Thursday night football. My Sea Dragons, led by... The Italian Stallion, Ben, ben Denucci, all over the Sea Dragons, minus two and a half on FanDuel. I have been ice cold in all my bets, except XFL. XFL is my new thing. So the Sea Dragons, I also like 
the Houston Roughnecks as well over the weekend. They're minus three and a half. Seattle minus two and a half tonight. So we got some Thursday night football in the slate. We've got the Toronto Raptors who are back tonight after a long extended break. They are five and a half point favorites on FanDuel hosting New Orleans, a team that has been besieged by injury. We were talking about Zion earlier and Man, they have just fallen off a cliff, have New Orleans. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10, 30-29, and 29, 7th in the West. They were at the top of the West for a while there. I they know. lost 10 games in a row, so not a lot to expect from New Orleans. You'll see a lot of Brandon Ingram, no doubt, tonight, but I kind of like the Raps. I mean, the 5 well, and a half healthy lineup. They're fully, fully healthy. healthy OG, OG's back and Trent's yeah. back and everyone's healthy. Thad Young is ready to rock, so there's really no so- excuses for the Raptors anymore. My question to you is, coming out of the All-Star break, knowing that the trade deadline's gone, I know how I felt about the Maple Leaf or the, the Raptors going into the deadline. I was in, you know, full rebuild mode, you know, turn over the, the roster, let's start fresh. Now that they acquired Portal and now that everybody's healthy and they're in a playoff spot today, are you hoping for a different finish to the season here like yeah. what 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 is your like what 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 are you hoping for here for this you, Raptors? you may as well cheer for the raptors now yeah. there's no tanking they're I'm just too you. good and but they, are, they do have a very difficult schedule i was looking at this last night the fifth hardest schedule down the stretch do the toronto raptors have a ton of games on the road ton of games against really good teams as well so they're not just going to rip off a bunch of wins that was what they they had that schedule before the all-star break against houston and san antonio and all those junk teams that they took care of but the Toronto Raptors, they're in a little bit of a more precarious spot as far as their schedule goes. So, I mean, it's a good thing they have Jakob Pertl and they have Ananobi back. So I'm looking forward to it. I Hopefully they, they could win some games and finish, you know, sixth in the East. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, they could pass no New kidding. York. That's, that seems like a stretch, getting four and a half games behind the Knicks, but uh, remains to be seen. It all starts tonight against New Orleans. All right, we got Mike Johnson standing by, our TSN hockey analyst, James Duffy, in 30 minutes or so. Lots of good content coming your way on First Up. We'll get to it all next. This is Leafs Breakfast. Welcome around the table here on Leafs Breakfast. It's Krolnick, it's Koliakovo, the Toronto Maple Leafs off last night, off today as well. They're back in action tomorrow night against the Minnesota Wild. And we've got our man Mike Johnson, TSN hockey analyst on the line. MJ, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, boys. I am doing like full dad mode this morning. I woke up early. Carl, you can appreciate this. First thing you check, not the weather. You checked the internet to see if it's a school snow day. <laughs> Are the kids going to school or do they have yeah. to stay at home? I just and got then, the message, literally, Johnny, while we were on break from my wife. Kids' co- kids' school is closed. They're home today, but I have to go to school for my Ooh, job. Enjoy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Then I went outside, cleaned off the car, shoveled, shoveled the neighbor driveway, or walkway. You know, just being you. this morning. I know. Unru- Neighborhood unru- hero. Nice. Unusual move by me, for sure. <laughs> now, did you shovel that or did you snowblow with that? Well, you know what? I have. I'm fortunate enough. To, I, I've got the Conor McDavid driveway. Which oh, the heated. Nice. Yeah. So all the uh, shovel my own. The Conor McDavid driveway. It's all the, uh, it's all the Mystic it. Mike FanDuel money that's contributing to the driveway. <laughs> so nice. I, so the problem is, it, so all the all the snow melts on mine, and then it rolls into like the neighbor's area. And it makes their snow way heavier. 
So Oof. older neighbor, I thought, you know what? I'll get at least the areas that are happy for him and get out of the way. So, yes, that was my morning. Full dad morning. Wow. I wish Good Mike Johnson you, was John. my neighbor. That would be awesome. That would be a great time. Not only <laughs> would you have help with shoveling, but also great hockey analysis. And, MJ, mm-hmm. that's what we expect from you each and every time. That's what we get from you each and every time you join the show. Let's start with the big news with the Maple Leafs yesterday. And it's, I don't know if you would, it would qualify as news. We all knew it was happening. Jake Muzzin, he's officially ruled out for the season and for the playoffs. And there's been significant debate following the – release of this news about the Toronto Maple Leafs blue line. Without Jake Muzz, who will fill that role in the postseason as as your shutdown pair against Tampa Bay? Last year it was Muzzin and Brody. This year it's who? It will be ah, a good question. It's not going to be Morgan <laughs> Riley, whoever he plays with, right? Like He's the offensive guy. He's only going to play 20 minutes. It's going to be the combination of those two, whether it's Sandy and Lilligren on the third pair, Hall and Giordano, or Giordano and Lilligren, and then Sandine and Hall, like some version of that, which probably might not instill the most confidence. But I think, like, Tuesday Lilligren, I think, might be a very pivotal player down the stretch and on into the playoffs because when he's at his best, he is not Jake Muzzin. Nobody's going to be what Jake Muzzin is, right? Like, that's why Jake Muzzin was really good, and he got paid $6 million. But I think Lilligren can offer up right side defensive, gets in the way, he bangs, he, he, he really puts his body on the line, even if he doesn't win every contest. A defensive defenseman kind of attitude. Um, but it's going to be the strength of the aggregate. I, I don't know if you can point to any pair AK and be like, okay, those guys will do it, and that's it. Like Everyone has to do it a little bit, and everyone has to do it well. Johnny, I, I, I remember we had John a couple weeks ago, and you threw out a forward name, Barbashev, and I got really excited about it because it was a name that I didn't really think of and most people didn't really think of as uh, an addition to the Maple Leafs could look at to solidify their forward group. Right, well, we saw the moves that they made, and I, I would love to hear how you feel about the O'Reilly-Ochari move because I am ecstatic about it. I think it's mm-hmm. a game-changing type of move, but... I want to ask you now about the defense market out there. Is there a name that you know people aren't really talking about, like the Shens, the Gavarkas, the Chickrins, the Carlsons, that you could look at or you've identified as a potential player the Maple Leafs could look at acquiring on defense? Uh, just for the record, uh, Carlo, apparently a lot of people listen to that show because everywhere I go now, it's Barbershop, Barbershop. Everywhere I go, he's going to get faced <laughs> like two first-rounders because right. he's so desirable. So apparently yeah, You're not just getting show. FanDuel checks. You're getting St. Louis Blues <laughs> checks for that. <laughs> I'm getting, yeah, exactly. And I cut from Barbershop's agent as well. But yeah. um, you know what? The problem, the challenge I have is all those guys you mentioned, all the usual suspects, unless you're trading out a defenseman, I don't see a massive upgrade over what they have. Now, Gavrikov or Shen are maybe slightly different players, but I think I, I don't know how much of an upgrade that is over top of what they have right now. Uh, and so if I'm going to play a second rounder, a third rounder, a prospect, or maybe a first rounder for some people, um, I, he better be much better than what they have. Ryan O'Reilly, much better than what they had available to themselves in that role. I don't know if I see that, Carlo. The one kind of closet name I'm, I'm thinking about, Scott Mayfield. Oh my God! <laughs> I would love that guy. Is he is he available? Like, are the are the Islanders like willing to trade a guy like that? I think they might be. I think they might be. And now the Islanders are hanging around enough; it might make it difficult. But I think that's a guy rangy, good skater, not maybe yeah. the best puck mover, but brings something a little bit different. Right shot guy, kind of like a 
maybe a slightly better skating Justin Hall, but, you know, maybe a little bit more physical edge. That might be a guy, um, if the Islanders kind of fall out of it enough that say, okay, we're going to make some changes, and I think they might be willing to. He'd be a guy that I would be calling about at the very least to see what his availability might be. Yeah, I like that a lot. The Islanders did win last night. They're up to 67 points. So, I mean, but all these teams behind the Islanders and even the Panthers in uh, the East have so many games in hand. I mean, Pittsburgh and Detroit, five games in hand on the Islanders. So it's kind of deceiving to see the Islanders in the wild card spot. AK, uh, you got you to gotta sort the standings by points percentage, okay? You're right. Do it that you're way. right. I mean, you got to win the point. games in hand, but when you, have, when you have 20 games left and somebody else has 26, that's like 30% more games yeah. I get to play. Like, it's a massive, massive difference. So... Um, and that way, like, yeah, I always, okay, look at the standings. And they like, do it by points percentage. You're like, okay, that makes a little more sense about who is, like, how close it actually is. So, Johnny, if you're doing it by points percentage, right now the Florida Panthers would not be in the playoffs. No. Do, does, it, does a player like Radko Gudis fit the mold of what the Maple Leafs should be looking for? I would be curious about him as long as he doesn't cost very much. Uh, I would not overpay for him again. You know, he's a guy that, uh, surprisingly enough, Radko Gudis. So old school guys love him because, you know, he's physical and he's chippy and, you know, he steps up and he hits and he's got that kind of grit to his game. But surprisingly, Carlo, he's got decent analytical numbers as well, which you would never think would be the case for a guy like him. Like his possession numbers, the shot shares, scoring chance, the expected goals, they're all pretty decent. Like he's not like getting cratered in every time. So, um, you know, seeing that profile might be a guy that uh, would intrigue the Toronto Maple Leafs if he were to be available. Again, I don't know about Florida, though, Carlo, because, like, the Islanders, somehow it seems like it might be palatable for them to say, okay, we're not going to make it this year. But the Panthers, given that they won the President's Trophy, given that they made these big changes, for them to acknowledge on March 3rd, uh, you know what, we're probably not going to make it. Yeah. I think that take, it's, like a, it's a tougher pill for their GM, their organization to swallow, given how well they did last year. Not to mention, they don't have their own first-round pick, which belongs to Montreal. So the last thing they want to—the last thing they want to do—is start trading away assets, become oh, yeah. bad well, because but you, you can get a first-rounder back and like replace sure. the one you gave away for Sherrod. That might be something of interest. Yeah, they're in a bad spot. Like you missed the playoffs and you've given up your first-round pick. Like that Sherrod trade, the gift that keeps on giving for Montreal. Yeah, no kidding. Our guest is TSN hockey analyst Mike Johnson here on First Stop. Let's talk about Patrick Kane, who's the hottest player in the NHL all of a sudden. <laughs> after, I mean, it's it's incredible. Two weeks ago, we're like, ah, what is Patrick Kane? He's got the hip injury, way less than a point a game, and now he's got seven goals in his last four games, scored twice last night against Dallas. And this has become a lot more of an interesting situation because he's clearly... I mean, maybe he's not 100% healthy, but he's healthy enough to be a beast again, and he's playing as well as anybody in the National Hockey League. Do you think this recent surge for Kane is changing things both in Chicago and with other teams around the NHL eyeing his services? 100%. The Cole Yakovo bump. He gets thrown out. He's like, <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's lighting it up. He's like, I either really want to go there. Or like, I want no part of that team, so i got to yeah. just be amazing. So, but I think around the league, for sure. Like, I think it was natural – Look at his game and his production. Like, hey, what's going on there? Why is he, like, as of a week ago, he had had nine goals on the season. And, you know, he wasn't getting to the inside. He looked like he might be laboring a little bit when skating. And all of a sudden now, I don't know if it's, he's gotten a bit healthier, he got an injection, he just got motivated, or he just found some open ice. And some or he just got but, pissed off that two teams that he wanted to go to. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's like, you know, traded for players you guys. except for him. 
You don't want me? I'll show you exactly what you're missing. I can't believe i got to do this after 15 years, but I'll show you again. And he goes out, and he's been amazing. And I think it has definitely sparked a renewed conversation about him around the league. But I'm still, maybe I'm crazy. Larry Brooks in the New York Post has written about this, but like, I don't think the, uh, the Rangers are out of this. I don't think the Rangers are done. He wants to go there so badly. If that's the only team he's willing to wait for, what does Kyle Davidson do? He makes the best deal he can with the Rangers, right? Yeah. If he's leaving anyway, he's like, you might as well take a second rounder at a prospect out of something. It's better than yeah. nothing having him walk. Like, if, if my math works out, if the Rangers were to trade Kravtsov, waive Jake Lashishin, and and have a quarter salary, like a double eat for Patrick Kane, they can make, make it by like 10 bucks, like literally 10 bucks. <laughs> So, <laughs> so it, it can be done. Um, and then, you know, you might have to give him a draft pick or whatever. But Kraftsoff would be the centerpiece prospect going back and maybe some sort of draft pick. And if they wanted to, they could have him. Like, And the Rangers have Jimmy Vesey right now. We've had a nice career and a nice year um, playing in their top nine. You could slide Vesey down to be on an excellent fourth line and put Kane into that top nine with all those other good players. And, yeah, it's a lot of talent and maybe not enough puck, but – um, that would be a good problem to have. Uh, I'm saying in Patrick Kane's mind, in his agent's mind, they could do the same math I just did. They could yeah. propose the same trade. And Kravtsov, if I'm not mistaken, he might have been on waivers at some point. This year. Like, like I, he, think they know, were, like, I think they said they, that he wanted out or something, or they were willing yeah, to well, trade him. I mean, last year he left because he didn't like it, or a couple of years ago he left because he, he didn't like the way he was getting treated there. So, you know, I don't think they're married. The Rangers are married to him as a prospect. So, um, yes, I think Kane's play has renewed – conversations around the league. Dallas would be a place that would be interested in him. Him and Tyler Sagan go back to playing in the 12 lockout in Switzerland together. Um, they need a winger to play with Tyler Sagan on the second line. It would be a natural fit. But I think because Tyler, because Patrick Kane controls his own destination, he's going to stretch it out because I think he wants the Rangers. I mean, well, I don't think. We know he wants the Rangers. And so I think he's going to try to wait as long as he can to see if that can happen. And to be honest with you, I don't think any team's out of the, the Patrick Kane's. It, it all depends on where he wants to go because right. if, if he publicly comes out and says, I want to go there, if you're that team, how do you not try to make it happen? And and, and for Chicago, you basically lose all leverage because you're right. not negotiating against anybody. But you do right by the player in Patrick Kane for everything that he's done for you. And that might end up working out for the Rangers or whoever team he picks because you're probably not going to pay the price that acquiring a Patrick Kane should be, and you might get him at a deal because he chose you, and that's where he wants to go. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it, listen, it, he holds the cards running, in all this. He does. He controls it, which I love. Players being in control, and um, you know, if you're negotiating with thirty other teams, that's a very different situation than if you're negotiating with none. Right. And the Rangers won't like the idea of being told where he has to go. But given his his legacy in Chicago, you probably would some party would want to do right by him. And, and try to get him to the spot that he wants to go to, even if it means, you know, at the expense of, of maximizing every draft pick or whatever. So it, it, yeah. I, it's not over at all. I still think he gets traded, and I still think he angles for the Rangers. Well, another team that no one's really linking him to, at least directly, but there is speculation about it, is the Vegas Golden Knights. and. Mm-hmm. They put Mark Stone on IR yesterday. They make an Arizona Coyotes trade where I guess that's where everybody goes to retire is in Arizona by trading Shea Weber's contract <laughs> yeah. to the Coyotes. What do you think the Vegas Golden Knights are up to? Do you think they could be in it for like a Patrick Kane if he decides he wants to go there? I think a Kane or maybe a Meyer. 
Like they might be going bigger than that. Because mm. the biggest, you know, they go for everything big. Kane for sure. But I also think they want the flexibility because part of the Shea Weber trade was having him on LTIR throughout the summer doesn't maximize your cap flexibility going forward. Not so much about this year, but going into next year. And so if you're making deals to clear out space potentially for next year, well, then I start thinking about what players you might get that would be around next year. Or maybe it's you trade for Patrick Kane and want to resign Patrick Kane. But, um, you know, I, I think Mark Stone is – I don't know what the status of his back is, but, you know – you start making preparations of what if he can't play or what if he's never going to be quite the same and how that will work itself out. But they're going to go big for sure. I think the Vegas Golden Knights, they have the money. They have the owner that says make it happen. And I imagine they'll be trying to go after whoever it might be. But, you know, and, bigger, and Johnny, bigger the West is wide open too. And, like, and if I, last time I checked, Vegas was winning their division. Like we yeah. talked about them like they're struggling, but they are still in first place yeah. uh, by a point or two. But, yes, the West is wide open. You get hot and you get on a run and get the right mix, you could convince me any one of the nine teams that could make the playoffs, and I'm dumping Calgary in there right now. Yeah. Oh. Any one of them go to the Stanley Cup final, I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see that. <laughs> you know, like, like, that doesn't seem out of the question. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Oh, Quickly, you, MJ. You know Dallas has won, lost five in a row. Go ahead, AK. We've got about a minute left here. Trade made by Ottawa yesterday, dumping Nikita yeah. Zaitsev's contract for a, and a, for, and a second and a fourth. They send it over yeah. to Chicago, create some cap space for them. Do you expect them to make a move before the deadline, or is this more of an offseason thing? I think it's setting up to maybe awake one now. Um, that's a, first of all, that's a big price to pay for one year of a, of a four and a half, a second and a fourth to undo a previous poor trade. Um, you, you know, it, I, I, I get why they're doing it, but it's still a lot of a lot of capital to pay for a bad trade. I think it's to set up flexibility. If they can go get, not Chikrin, I don't think he's going to go to Ottawa, but I look at, like, if they can trade for Matt Dumba and then extend him, they want that space going forward. Like, at that kind of deal, you may be trading for a UFA, but you get the extension right away. Um, they want, they've been chasing that white whale, that, that right shot second pair defenses for about a year and a half. And I think they want to make sure if it comes up to, to the potential to do it right now, um, they're able to take that on, knowing what that site will be off their books next year. We appreciate you doing this as always. Mike Johnson, TSN hockey analyst and fantastic neighbor. Thank you, yes. Mike. <laughs> Big time. Right, boys. Big Have a time. good day. You too. See you, pal. Uh, Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson. It would be great to live next to Mike Johnson. You know, you see him over there, you're like, ah, there's Mike Johnson. That's a great start to the day. If I lived next to Mike Johnson knowing he's got a heated driveway, I would ask to park my car in his driveway the night before a snowstorm. It's <laughs> a good idea. You don't have to worry about you know your windshield being you have to scrape it. Oh, is there a worse sound, by the way, than like the windshield scraping? Oh, terrible. That's the quintessential See, Canadian here, sound. Though. Here's the thing to avoid that, AK, is what I love about having my Acura is I've got a... <laughs> automatic starter in my car so winter time yes. i always start my car 10 20 minutes before i'm supposed to use it so that it heats up and i don't have to go outside and spend that time good point you uh when we go for soup at the tsn cafeteria obviously you're pushing the button like while well, we oh, sit yeah. down for the bowl of soup you know you got the uh italian wedding there you're looking down you're like you know what let's start the car yeah. and then you walk warm outside car. and someone is and someone is taking it <laughs> yeah warm car and no scraping on the windshield is how i get by through the winters yes Wise. automatic car Wise. starter 
Game changer. We've got uh, James Duthie, who is a car spokesman himself for, I think it's Lincoln, posting those Instagram stories. Shout out to JD. He'll join us in about 15 minutes' time. We'll look ahead to Trade Center and look at the big news in the Duthie household. James, once again, nominated for a Canadian Screen Award. That and much more with Hour 3 on the horizon. Dave Festchuk from the Star on the return of the Raptors as well. You're listening to TSN 1050.